episode of Standing 8. I'm Paul Fitzgerald. I'm joined by my co-host, three-time world champion and boxing hall of famer, Jeff Fennick. Great to be here, Paul. And the voice of Australian boxing, Ben Damon. G'day, Paul. Good to be here, mate. Uh, fantastic guest we have today from um, when rugby league was at its absolute pinnacle, in my opinion. Um, former Balmain Tigers, New South Wales and uh, Kangaroos hooker, Benny Elias. Great to see you, Benny. Well, it's great to be here. It's, uh, I'm very honoured, actually, sitting next to the great, one of the greatest Australian sports person in this uh, country, without a doubt, and uh, it's certainly a, an honour and always great to rub shoulders with old Jethro. I'm surprised you're allowed in here because he's such tight mates with Mario <laughs> Fennec, your great rival on the field. <laughs> Mario straight into it, eh? Let's get straight into it, eh? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> let me, me tell you guys something. I played against Benny when I was 17. He was 18. I played for League for New and he played for Balmain. And, um, <laughs> although Balmain flogged us, I think that Benny went on to – really revolutionised the hooking position. I think, like I said, I love rugby league and I love that I would have loved to play, but um, when I think of hookers, um, you know, Benny was, for his size and for everything else, was most probably the most skillful hooker that yeah. Chase the gun and the toughest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no doubt about you. that. Yeah, hiding behind Roachie all the time. He was tough. <laughs> yeah, just no, joking. No, just joking. I was, very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I was very lucky to have big Blocky there, that's for sure. Yeah. Without a doubt, if it wasn't for Blocker, that, that would be, uh, you know, it, it was like a, a yin and yang, me and Block, and made sure that we always respected each other's uh, strengths and weaknesses and um, on and off the football paddock that would be and, and we most certainly uh, had a great career together all of our lives hey, playing ben, the first thing I want to bring up, and, and I know it's, um, I'm just, it's a biting incident that just happened on the weekend and – Mm. Proctor. Mm. Do you, I mean, listen, I'm, I know his mouth was open around, but I, I didn't see him actually bite down at any at any stage. I, I'm just saying I didn't see. Yeah. But I know a, a story about another <laughs> mate of mine that got <laughs> sent off. Oh, this is such a What did you do to my <laughs> mate Mario that day, mate? Well, <laughs> it's still haunting to this day. He was a good guy. Especially at this time. It's called gamesmanship, Jeff. You've done it in your in your world. You've done it all your life. You know, if you get the best of your opposition, you know, whether whether it be verbally, you you know, you get the better of him. You just psychologically would would always berate them and make sure get the better of them. And if you could do that, well, then then you had the edge on top of them. And this this particular time with Mario in a semi final against South Sydney, it was very important that we we, that we win this game. And uh, you know they had they had a great pack. They had Les Davidson, Mm -hmm. uh, Gus Gould was in the side, um, Boyle, and obviously Mario Andrews, the Ramblings. Oh mate, they they had a tough tough pack. pack, you know, you don't get much tougher than Jeff Fennick on the on the foot. Uh, sorry, Mario. Mario on the on the football paddock, and um, it was just one of those things that there was that that feud between the two of us for such a long time, going back into the SG Ball Jersey flag game in the Junior Rugby League. So we grew up all together, and the likeliness between me and Mario was frightening. Yeah, we both wanted the same jersey. We both come from big families, ethnic families. We both have uh, the. Sp- Basically the same values in life and, and we're all veering for that one position and, you know, there's only one person that can have it. It's just like Jeff in a ring. There yeah. can only be one person to hold the, hold the belt up and we had to make sure that you, every time you went toe-to-toe with him, you had to do something extraordinary. In this particular time, I just said to Blocker, I said, Block, start a stink. And, you know, with Blocker, you had no, no <laughs> problem whatsoever. You do it yeah. with pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> He'd give me a big wink and I said, nudge, nudge, wink. And you'd know that Block had put it on. And we went to the scrummy gate, Bundy, the biggest right hook. And, mate, it was on for young and old. But before the scrum, I was saying to Block, you know, just make sure you make sure. You. I bit my hand as hard as I possibly could. And we came fling, flung out of the scrum. 
And I went and I said to the referee, it was Kevin Roberts at the time, it was a semi-final game, I said, have a go at what Fennick just done, look at this, look at this. And he goes, don't worry, Benny, I saw it all. Fennick, yeah, you're no. off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and we went on to win that game. Yeah. But we're in all sorts of strife because, I mean, the South Sydney Balmain games, were the, they, yeah. were just, just, oh, yeah, they were just gold, weren't they, just to watch those two at the Sydney Cricket Ground, you know, and, and the expectations were overwhelming with with and we had we won and we won that game pretty well. Will Benny Mario come in, mate? <laughs> <laughs> was Mario? You, you, you this is your trial. life. <laughs> was he your greatest rival? What do you think? Because you had a lot of them with the, all the Walters brothers as well. Um, I, I did look. I got to say, I, I got the utmost respect for Mario, mate. You, you don't meet a more tough, tougher bloke than than Mario, and and he would be probably one of my my greatest opponents playing the game of, of rugby league throughout my whole career. And um, look, he played it strong, he played it tough. And uh, look, he was as honest as the day come. And um, look, he just just knew that when you were playing South Sydney, Mario was a big bloke. Like yeah, Mario's yeah. six foot two, like he's yeah. a big boy, yeah, strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. So here I am, I'm half his size, so I, I had to be very careful that he didn't put one on my chin. But, yeah. but mate, as you were saying earlier, Jeff, Luckily, I had the big fella blocker Roach next to me, who would always make sure that I was looked after. And and so, if if if, Mar- if Mario was after me, he was after me and block. It was yeah. a, it was a packed deal. Yeah. Benny, you were pretty used to playing as a smaller bloke on the field after what you did at school. I think it was in year nine that you played in the first team at Holy Cross. Like you, you, you sort of came through ahead of your time. Yeah, look, it was funny. You know, I, I was in year nine, and and the coach. I had two great coaches then at the uh, at the school: John O'Brien and it's Kevin Small. Cool, isn't it? Yeah. Chucky, yeah. And they called me up. And, uh, and I'll never forget, I went down to Cressy Road at Holy Cross yeah. there at Ryde and I went down there and I, I packed into a scrum and these blokes were shaving and I'm thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, sh- they're shaving and, and after trying to have a cigarette, and I'm thinking, these are real bang. You know, they drive, they get in their cars and I'm, I'm on this 15-year-old kid, like, you know, yeah. between 15 and 18, so it's a big it's difference, a difference. Oh, yeah. in, 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 in development of your body in particular. Yeah. And and knowing these people were just, you know, like they were the, they, they were the top of the school and, and you know, they, and here I am, I put my arm around both of them and going into a scrum and I'm, and I'm just as scared as hell. But That's when scrums yeah. were scrums too. It, it was, it, and it yeah, was. Yeah. It was it's very competitive yeah, and yeah. it was tough. You yeah. had to compete for the ball and, like, it was tough in there. Every, every yeah. scrum was a competition and you just never took anything for granted because if you go in half-hearted in any scrum, yeah. You're going to get hurt and hurt badly. So, you know, it was very intense. How did you get involved in rugby league? Coming from a Lebanese background and family, it would have been unusual to, you know, be involved in a, a sport yeah, like Yeah, no, league. it's a very good question. I remember the bloke, God rest his soul, Frank Hyde, the great Frank yeah. Hyde, used to call the football on the radio to SM. And I come from a family of seven children, I have three brothers, and the three of us used to go and play in the backyard and listen to Frank Hyde on the, on the radio. And you'd want to go and super you, – you'd want to, you'd want to impersonate – your heroes and my heroes back then were the Larry Corowas, the Greg Coxes, Neil Pringles, the, the Balmain, and they were Balmain through and through. And that, Balmain was my life, you know. Yeah. But but I've always re- respected people like the Graham Eadies and, and and Ron Coote and the players of those past who I grew up with. And then Rex Mossop it came on TV. Rex Mossop on Channel Seven, listening to him. Every Sunday it was a Hunter Douglas, you know, game of the uh, game of the round, and we'd watch it on some, and watch it with my family, and I just couldn't. And at the age of seven, I just wanted to play rugby league. And at the school, they were asking, "Could you? Who wants to play?" And I thought, "Mate, I put it up." And they said, "Oh no, you're too small, mate." I said, yeah. No, but I want to play. I, I really want to play. I, I know yeah. the rules, and and from that day onwards, ever since I could really walk, I suppose I just loved the game of rugby league. What was it like as a young Lebanese fella trying to play? Very tough. They, they Very tough. Have, they ben. wouldn't have welcomed you. I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> no. Well, I was just little wog, and mate, you talk about 
you talk about uh, uh, being, you know, uh, being slanged and racism oh, yeah. word. Yeah. Well, Jeff, yeah, I mean, you, you, you went the oh. same. But at, this is the Aussie game. This is Australian game. It's not where we're the wog ball, the round ball. And, and that's soccer, what I'm yeah. – and, yeah. and, mate, it was very, very cruel. Growing yeah. up, you know, in the days, you know, the, the the opposition were crueler than your own, your own, you know, and and they, and they would slander. They would, you know, what the hell? That's what are you doing here? You spit, you know, you're a wog. There you go. You should be playing the wog ball. Yeah. All of that, all that, but that didn't phase me from the game. The game was just too good. I enjoyed playing the game. Remark, amazing. Like there was nothing more than in my life. I used to count the days so I could play on the weekend. You know. And, and when I got home from school, we'd go down the park and yeah, play with Played every day in the park. And, yeah. and they were the days when you, you'd get home and you'd play in the park, wouldn't you, Jeff? Yeah. You, you'd get out there and. and no it, computers. Nah, it, and it was a joy. It was. And, mate, and you'd play until the sun came down, and then you'd go home and have a you feed. You only home until you were smart. <laughs> if you weren't, you just didn't do it at all. Yeah. <laughs> and it would have helped, Benny, that you were very, very good at it because um, at Holy Cross, what you won, did you win Player of the Year in the Commonwealth Bank Cup? Uh, Twice, I did, Ben. I um and and in, I was in year I don't ten think when else I won. Would have ever done that? Would they? I don't think so. Not no. even Peter Sterling. I don't no. think Sterling would have. No, I, I don't think so. I'd be very, I'd be, uh, I'd be interested if there if there well, was anyone okay. that would that, that had won that twice. But I tell you what, that did do. That sprung me into buying a property. It was three thousand dollars back then, and and a property was worth about fifty thousand bucks. And I won that twice. So my father said, son. Go and buy, go, go buy yourself something, especially you know, a property out and west. How, how old were you? I was all of fifty. I was sixteen. I was. I was wow. I was seventeen actually. I actually 17 bought, the, bought a property at, yeah, at wow. seventeen. So my old man, put, we we put a deposit on it. And he goes, let and let the rent, the people in the rent pay it off. And still to today, I still own that property. Oh wow! Wow. And when and you think where about is it? Sorry? It's out of Parramatta. Okay. It's out of Parramatta. I'm actually about to develop it. It's a. It's quite a big block of land. And oh, that's what uh, you promised me to do the development with. That's your life. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, you go to see how great this game has been for me. I mean, no. you, you don't realise. I mean, you, you get a lump sum of $3,000 way back in 1979. You think, mate, that's a lot of money. Wow. You know? That's yeah. a lot, a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and for a school kid, you could never dream. And while Australia, even in today's world, it's very hard for the for ju- for the for the for the for the knockabout bloke today to to, to save three thousand dollars. Yeah. And this game all of a sudden gave me a check of three thousand dollars, and I just had to w- had to work out what do you want to do with it and and make the most of it because this may never ever happen again to you. And you yeah. never in your wildest dreams ever think that you're going to go on to play first grade or for your state or especially for your country. So yeah. at that time, I thought it was like a one lotter, and and you you make the most of what you do with the time. Is it true at one point the Tigers were paying you with property instead of cash in the eighties? Yes, that's true. I uh, for for my contract, Balmain. I mean, always there was always a cash flow issue, whether it be a business, you know. But but in particular in the game of rugby league, and the Tigers had built up a very big property portfolio over the years um, because they, what they do with their their machines, the money in the machines, their poker machines in the Glees Club, they went and bought property, and they a lot of a lot of and a lot of it was inherited to the club. Yeah. So instead of um, – I, I suggested one day just – and I, I, I flippantly – because you didn't have managers back then. You had you – know, you looked up, you represented yourself. And I just yeah. flippantly asked Keith Barnes at the time, who was our CEO, and God bless you, mate, the greatest CEO mm-hmm. of all times and greatest man. He um, – I, I asked him, well, you've got a couple of properties behind the – why don't we just play me in property? I'll stay here for the next three years. And I, you know, I own these two properties. Smart move. And he says, 
really? I said, yeah, as long as I get the rent from them so I can live on a, on a work. He goes, effective immediately. They, you know, I, wow. So we, we bought the house and the rest was history. Yeah. And, I mean, again, still today I still own those properties. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty smart move from a I can't believe it. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, well, yeah, yeah, pretty well, incredible. That yeah. Think There's not many 18, 19, 20, 20, 20, yeah, 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 of course. Well, I mean, I can share this now. There's one of the properties there, it's got to be worth three and a half million bucks and wow. I played two years for it. Now that's tax free. Yeah. Now you, you, to go buy a property today for for three and a half million wow. bucks, you have to earn seven million after tax. You know it's worth three and a half. Yeah, and then the stamp duty and, and everything and else. All that. So yeah. you and still you know even st and still no player today would be on that top money. We're thinking one point one million is. When I'm a thinking big back, then I yeah. thought I was your manager. You said to me. I should have managed you, Jeff. Maybe you should have. Maybe I should have. Oh wow, that would have been great. Mate, with your money, my goodness, mate, you couldn't spell Matraville when you when you started off. Now you own it. Hey, was Maryville close? Maryville, and what I say, Matraville. Yeah, Maryville. I beg your pardon. Keep thinking about Mario, mate. Yeah, I can't help myself. I walk into your place, you've got photos of you and Mario all over the place. <laughs> yeah. He says, welcome. And I wasn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Mario walked in, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> there was never a doubt that you'd go to the Balmain Tigers, being such a fan. Ben, I more money elsewhere, potentially. Oh, ben, you know, I, I, well, I signed my first contract. I got picked, it, I got picked that year uh, at the age of 15 to go play on the Australian schoolboys. Yeah. Yep. And again, you know, you had people like Neil Hunt, the, um, the Rampling Brothers, um, you had Ian Barclay, you had Mortimer, you had I mean, you had some big, big, big name players, and I was I was honoured to be awarded to be picked yeah. on that Australian Schoolboys tour. Yeah. And um, here I am again, as I say, fifteen year old going around the world with these blokes who are eighteen. It's a big thing. Able, it was Crazy. a huge yeah. thing, mate. It was, and, and I'm just thinking, how good is life? You know. But listen, a lot of a lot of guys get chosen at fifteen, and they're kind of. They don't mm. live up to the expectations. Yeah. I'm just not saying it because, but being yeah, yeah, what you end up doing, and like I said, I think you revolution the hooking position, and you, yeah, you turned it into something special. And now, when I think of rugby league, because I'm a huge Steve Waters fan, and you know Cameron Smith fan now, and Benny Badiris, but I think I think you were the forebearer. You, you you led the way for all these guys. And like I said, Mario again was a great hooker, but Mario was also a mm. great front row and second row, different, different, yeah. different mould than Benny. Benny was a little nuggy. Uh, Mario was that big guy, but yeah, so yeah. Well, I suppose Jeff, at, at a young age, you had to work out that you had to be better than the next bloke. In your fight, I mean, the way you fought, you always had to be better than your opposition. So, so Ben, I want to ask you a question because everybody talks about heart. I don't, I don't believe that. I think everybody's heart's the same size. What did you do extra to make yourself better? Forget about because, like I said, and people see yeah. people because I don't, I, I don't believe nothing comes from that. I believe it comes from your mental preparation, the preparation that you've done earlier. Yeah. You, you, you must have worked much harder. What did you it's do? a very good question, Jeff. You're right, and and, and, and if you if you. You have a look at the psych and the mindset of how how and why did you go to that level. There was an article in, in the paper, Ian Walsh, God rest his soul, was a great hooker for Australia yes. and St George Dragons, one of the legends. He was uh, he, he he used to write an article in the Telegraph, ghost written by Ray Chesterton, who's a very good journalist. And Ray Chesterton wrote this article one day saying that this young kid he's got all the he's got all the right, you know, marks for a it's but too he's too small. small. Yeah. And he was too small. And I got that article and I, I cut it out and I put it on the fridge at home. And I just reminded myself every time I went to the fridge that, my God, this, that, and that was a reminder. And so I got determined and just, just to prove this bloke wrong for nothing more than I wanted to prove this wrong. Because, you know, as, as, as successful athletes, they always try and prove the knockers different. Of course. And, and the only way of doing that. Success. 
is, is hard work, isn't it, yeah, Jeff? Yeah, hard work and success. You roll your sleeves up. And, mate, I was very fortunate. I have two very beautiful parents. One, my old man passed away not so long ago, God rest his soul. But, mate, they were my greatest education. They were my greatest education because they worked three, four jobs a day and they made sure that there was food on the table for their kids and there was shelter for them. And, mate, that is the inspiration that I got as a young kid growing up and always defy that you always wanted to defy what people said you can't do that you made sure that you did do. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I look at these people today. I look for the, I look for the, the, the person today who brings up seven children and works three jobs. They're not, they're not around anymore. No, you, no. you don't find them. I mean, three different it's jobs. It's impossible to do yeah. that today in this, in this day and age. I mean, I mean no disrespect. Who would tell anybody to have seven children in, in, in the climate that we live no, in today? Yeah, I, would, I would tell my children not to have children, mm. you know, but, yeah, it's, we live in it. Yeah, and I, exactly what you're saying, but I remember my mum, mum spoke, was I was talking about my mum to uh, John Jarrett yesterday because he's doing my life story, and I said my mum yeah. worked. I see my mum in the morning. She made us breakfast. She yeah. went to work. I seen her when we came home from school because she worked in the day and she worked in the night when we were going to sleep. So my mum worked three jobs and my dad couldn't yeah. work because he was sick. But that's why... I had the, the luxury to, to do what I'd done and to enjoy life, you know. And isn't that the inspiration, Jeff? If that's your inspiration and the will to want to win because, you know, you, you came from, from a very humble background and, and you defy the odds of, of, of not being able to do something. And we never had all this stuff growing up, did we, Jeff? Well, you, you, we didn't have the luxury of, of you know, going on, on holidays and, and, and going to private schools. It was, it, was, it was tough stuff. I mean, Alan Jones says they call it Struggle Street. Yeah. Well, mate, there's no more Struggle Street than this bloke on my left, Jeff, who, who, who deterred, deterred all the knockers. And, and just defied all the people who said he couldn't do it and, mate, became our greatest sportsman, not just greatest boxer, one of our greatest. And, mate, and, you, and I know that I've known Jeff for many, many years and you just see the quality, you see the quality of the bloke that make you a champion, whether it be rugby league, boxing, tennis, cricket, whatever, it doesn't matter, but it's those qualities that you look at and Jeff had every, mate, he'd get in that ring and he'd work his backside off like from from morning to dust and he'd always focus and his mind was always focused on what he was about and, and just and and that's what I did also yeah. with my, so Benny, my but because work. you were so much smaller mm. I was too I mean I, yeah. I made sure that I was fitter than everybody else I'd do extra runs I'd you know obviously try to tackle more than anybody else what what was it that you really worked on knowing that you were smaller than the more. Well, I had to do. I had to do something different, didn't I, Jeff? I mean, I, I mean, the normal the normal hooker was the bloke that goes to the scrum, wins the ball in the scrum, and gets the dummy half and passes the ball. I had to do something different because yeah. I was small. I could just do. I, they wouldn't just. They were a dime a dozen. So no. I decided I had to do something different. Become the creative bloke from the dummy half, so I could kick. I could be creative. I could. Be, I could do the things that what normal the person wouldn't do that wore the number nine. Well, back then it was the number 12. But it, and I had to make sure that I had to do something different. So you look inside your, your box of wisdoms and you have a look around and you think, what can I do? So I try to be creative. I try to run from, you know, try and create and set up the play. What the halfback would do, yeah. I would try and do that at dummy half. And I started kicking from dummy half. And people think, what the hell is this kid doing? Yeah. I mean, and you chip kick from dummy half, you go to the line and chip kick and you think, oh, my God. And, and it was different. So, you know, and that's, I think, what brings evolution is, is doing things that you, 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 you really test, you defy what the norm is. Yeah. And you, and you try to do something extraordinary or different. And that's what I did. I did it. Not that I knew I was doing it purposely. And, and I, I didn't set out to do it. So it wasn't a conscious decision. It that wasn't. I was it to, no. was just making sure that I wanted to make sure that I wanted to be different. And I used to wear 
the green uh, a green yeah, thing around my head up. to make yeah. sure hey have a look at me. I, I, I got so paranoid that I, I you know I used to wear and I'd make sure I'd, I'd wear the brightest boots possible that I could or, or put tape around those boots to make sure that they would watch you. And and that's how paranoid I was. And so it was that evolution of doing things differently that became you know part of the number nine jersey today. And it probably helped um, your success that you were so entertaining to watch. Your style of play was entertaining for fans and for those selecting teams. Well, you know, again, you, you look at the the norm of the hooker before yeah. before me, and I wanted, I suppose, to do something different. My heroes were always the halfbacks right. who always used to do things. They were the creative people. Yeah. So I tried to implement that creativeness into the into the number nine jersey, yeah. and, and and I think it was that, and that's what it started. And and it's great, and I feel good now when I see a player, a hooker, doing things at double yeah. half. And mate, there's no one without the probably the greatest, or oh, he is the greatest, uh, in Cameron Smith. You know, when you see him doing all these tricks, you think, mm, you know, yeah. that, that's yeah, great. Yeah, I did you know? that. He watched yeah. somebody earlier. Hey? He may have watched somebody earlier. He may earlier. have, yeah, <laughs> many sure years he did. Oh, yeah, you watch them all. Yeah, it's like us going through some tapes of old fighters that yeah. you know, fought in my weight division. And, yeah, it I'm is sure the same in it, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, and you look at the people before you and yeah. you try. And, 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 yeah, what, ones and do, what do you yeah. think? I want to be better than that. What can I do to be better than that? How can I be better than Like I said, yeah, without doubt, I'm. Well, like I said, Benny Elias, Steve Walters, mm. Danny Badiris, and yeah, now Badger, Cameron yeah. Smith. Wow. Yeah. 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 Benny, we probably have to talk about a couple of grand finals in the 80s, unfortunately. Sure. Um, no, no, don't be, very, don't, no. Mate, don't be unfortunate about that. Yeah. Mate, to make a grand final yeah. is well, an honour in itself. in 88 in itself after the run that you had to have. I, I can't remember. Was it 10 games or 9 out of 10 was you nine. to win? It was 9 in a row we had to win. Yeah. yeah. To very. make the grand final, and you did it against a very strong Canterbury team. What an amazing run. There was a uh, mate that we were we were at fifty we were at fifty five to one to yeah. to to win a premiership wow. at that time and um, we had to win nine out of ten and and we had an extraordinary we had an extraordinary journey and I'll never forget a bloke I was at, I was at the lease club working as a development officer with again Keith Barnes yeah and uh, Keith Barnes said Benny I've got this bloke we just signed him up from uh, from England oh his name's Ellery Hanley yeah. Yeah. and uh, I'm just about to pick him up at the airport you want to come out and see him I said yeah I'd love to yeah. so we drive out to the airport pick Ellery Hanley up he's as black as the ace of spades and built like the Adonis mate he's just like it's wow a big boy, I think yeah. wow what a and immaculately dressed yeah. beautifully. You sm- and I thought, wow, this black And, mate, and all he started, he, we, we got in the car and he knew who I was, obviously playing for England. Yeah. And, and, and he started talking to me about the game, mm. about Warren Ryan, the coach, yeah. plays. And I think, oh, my God, this bloke is the ultimate professional. Like didn't drink, very, very, very uh, – particular with his diet and in 88 the diet and all that you just you weren't ready for all that stuff mm. and this bloke was so careful train always the first bloke at train always the last to leave yeah. and you thought oh my god and this bloke was special i mean he came with eight out of the ten and we had to win him and Ellery hanley made the impact and became and just we just catalog just, just brought the tigers to the to the attention of everybody this superstar from england who was the English captain, yeah. had come to Australia and he became part of the Balmain Club. And, and I'll never forget it. And Simply the Best was playing. Tina Turner yeah. promoted Simply the Best, best that year. And, and it was Simply the Best because Simply the Best in 1908, it was a dream come true where you, you defied all the odds, all of the odds, and, and you come and you get into a grand final against the Bulldogs. And, and this great man, the, the, the journey – we had to play have a playoff against North Sydney at North Sydney Oval yep, yep. to get into the semis. 
And, and so it, it, it was just, it was nail-biting stuff. It was do-or-die stuff every moment, every minute, every second. And we got to the grand final and... And you would have won the game probably if Terry Lamb hadn't have taken out. We would definitely hand. have won that game without a doubt. Terry must have learned something from you what you done to Mario too. See that? <laughs> Stop teaching all your tricks, Manny. Hey, Stop teaching your tricks, oh, mate. But he actually, he actually, he, he, he maimed him. <laughs> he yeah, maimed yeah. him. He certainly. No. So Terry Lamb, he, he had one, he had one intention and one intention only. Yeah, I mean, the, the great Elliot Henley was without doubt our most impact player. Yeah, of course. And uh, you know. And you know the rest is history. Early we, in the game, too, before half time. I scored a try in that in that game. Our yeah. first try, the first try of the grand final it was the first game on the SFS. Nineteen eighty-eight was our first grand final. Yeah. It was incredible. There's a lot of history. And Tina Turner being there, it was just a just a just. And I could go back that far. And that's what this great game has given us. And then Jeff, will be, I'm sure Jeff can share this with me. When you can go back to 1988, and I can give you almost every tackle yeah. of that game. That is the special part of what, why you play the game. See, if Mario was here, he'd say it's because you only made two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, dude. Oh, come on. No, no. Look, um, poor old Mario. Look, it, it, he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't able to, to enjoy a grand final. I, I was luxury. I had the luxury of two grand finals. Both of them, obviously, we lost in both of them. Yeah. Uh, but just, just the privilege the privilege to be in, in a grand final. Oh, it's a big special day. It's very, mate, it is the build-up. The build-up. Build yeah, and it's your, you know, it's your seven-year-old, when, when you fall in love and you ask me at the beginning of this uh, podcast, you asked me what made you, it was the dream of, of listening to a, a caller call in a grand final. Yeah. And I go to bed at night as a young kid at seven years of age, and you're closing your dream. Yeah. And you dream to be that person. And and that day came true for me. Whether we won or lost didn't matter. But that dream came true where there is a capacity crowd, you're playing football with the best of the best in the world and you're doing something that you love. Yeah. And, and, my God, you know, that 88 grand final was very, very special to us. And, um, look, unfortunately the Bulldogs, oh, congratulations, they were a very, very Great strong song. pack. They Not just that, they were just they were so well drilled. I mean, look at – but look at the – look at the – some of the players that came out of the Tigers team, some great, some great players. Well, yeah. Then you go on eighty nine, Jeff. You play, you play in the Canberra Raiders. You know, and they also that was the grand final. Yeah. Everyone, we all, we were odds on to win. You know, everyone. Oh, thought, was that that game? It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah so was I. Incredible. Yeah. yeah, my dad was a big Balmain Tigers fan. We were at eighty eight and eighty yeah, nine. Um, but how do you look back on on what happened in eighty nine? And there's so many. Uh, there's folklore around that See, game. It's good. It's good you both say that. You're both in the room. Exactly where you were. I, mean, yeah. I remember when Costa went when 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 Jess had the world champion fights. I can tell you the three. Yeah. The moments where I was at the time. Yeah, yeah. And and for people like yourselves to reminisce thirty two years, thirty one years down the track, hmm. you think, oh my god. How, how, special. how special yeah. is it? Yeah. And, and if we can bring that, I mean, and, and if I became part of that history, and for you two talking about remembering exactly what yeah. I remember when Lady Di, where I was when Lady Di, you know, <laughs> yeah. had the car when, sure. when she passed away. Yeah. I remember when Elvis Presley died. I mean, they're, they're the moments you think, oh my God, so far back, yeah. I've had that impact on you. And for you two to say that is is extraordinary. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what about how you think back on what happened um, through the course of that day? There was a lot of folklore that has um, sort of sprung up since the 89 grand final stories about the crossbar and the jerseys in particular and, and other bits and pieces. Yeah, it's like Elvis is still alive, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you hear him. And the beauty was Jeff, we sat down when we sat down and he goes, did you hear about the one about the crossbar when, when the CEO, <laughs> no, the, the camera raider, yeah. he got on there and actually said, well, the, the compliance level and height 
was it was two inches too high. Was two, and, and that would have made the yeah. absolute difference. Yeah, to for context, for those finish. who may not remember the game, Benny uh, tried to kick a field goal to win the match, and, and it hit the crossbar. And if the crossbar had been a couple of inches lower, would have gone over, and he would have won. Yeah. Now look, again, you go back. I mean, you can't be ashamed of, of losing against that great no. side. I mean, yeah. they became. You and know, you know, the great thing is, people talk about winning and losing. I used to, because I, I talked to people, we used to have a sign in the gym that winning is everything. It's the only thing. But I think it's a really mm. unpositive sign because I tell people, as long as you try your best to win mm. and and if you, you gave your best and you come second you still win because mm. you learn and you and you your desire is better for that so like I said I, I kind of think yeah, I but Jeff you guys, Jeff you never had second place in your in, in your vocabulary yeah well I, Mate, yeah, you, you yeah, never no. you never well, Mate, I didn't want to come second. You leave nothing. I've seen you train. But, but like I, said, you leave nothing in the dressing room. I was room. blessed. But I was on my own, Benny. I, it was all. It was all in my own hands. You, you, you're with another twelve guys. Or, That's you know, well. That so, you're. you're, so you're, you're see, if, if I'm not feeling well, I can go on the blind blind yeah. side and get away. You in the in the boxing <laughs> ring, you can't go anywhere. Exactly. Nowhere to hide. No, my no, God, yeah. that is the toughest sport, and, and I respect yeah. that. The you talk about toughness. These these boxes. I mean, if you if you haven't done your homework. In rugby league or any team sport, you can go and have a bludge on the side. Sure. You can get away with it. Yeah, but, mate, if you're a boxer <laughs> yeah. and you're up against your opponent, mate, there is no corner you can hide. I remember when the <laughs> Parramatta God, team came man. up and did a bit of sparring me one day. It was so funny. I think I sparred Scotty Mann and Brett Kenny. And it, was, you know, it was so funny, you know. Uh, even when you're so much smaller than mate, and you, and you just tap them, they get, they get the biggest surprise, well, I've, especially I've when you the get the body. The fitness, you know, yeah, they yeah, couldn't yeah. get over the fitness. Yeah, yeah. But we train. We're blessed that um, yeah. through Johnny Lewis, we get Balmain train with us, the Bulldogs train with us, and Par- we we train. Well, we well, I loved rugby league, so we had so many rugby league players up there. It was, it yeah, was, it was and, amazing. And, you know, and it's funny you say that, Jeff, because you know what? I wouldn't trade. If you asked me to play in today's world of rugby league. Versus when I played back in the eighties and nineties, I wouldn't trade that in for anything. And and the boxing world too, the the focus, the energy, and and the importance of the boxer were back in your time. Yeah, the eighties and nineties oh, were an amazing mate. year. Mm. I think it was an amazing year for for all sport. I mean, things of course have, have, uh, revolutionised, and things have got better, and you know, you know. You've, Everything's changing, but well, you wouldn't when, trade it. But yeah. I mean, the boxing we, today versus back when you well, boxed, it's just, I just don't. I used to be so passionate. You brought well, boxing even a footy alive. game. A footy game back then to me was a real footy. I don't know, yeah. It's a little different yeah. today. All these new rules, and you know, you can't do, tackle hard. You can't shot at It was better to watch in your day. Look, is there, is that just our nostalgia? I think it's nostalgia. Yeah. I think I think it's you know it's the old, old fella in the in the pub saying, "Oh mate, back in my yeah. days when is we." It, used is that to what do. it is, though? I think it is, yeah. yeah. Because in, in another thirty years' time, people are going to say this year yeah, was right. probably better than what we. <laughs> okay. But I, I remember growing up old. and the the footy players all had a job. I remember the Paramount yeah. players doing the garbage. That's run. right. They'd come to my house and they you know they'd yeah. pick up the garbage and all that sort of stuff. It was a totally different um, era of sport before the professionalism and and, and it is and and I and I don't look and I tell you because. At a very young age, back then, you'd retire at the age of 30, 31 years of age, you know, yeah. and, and you're in there for a very, very limited time, just like Jeff's, Jeff's sport. You're very limited at the time and it goes so quickly. You don't think it does, but you blink an eye and you're gone and then you're finished and you're out and you think, my God, if I was to go back and do that again, I'd do it differently, you know. Yeah. Um, the, the professional, the professionalism today is, oh, yeah, is, is yeah, you know, diet and rest. It's yeah, enormous. Yeah, like I said, we evolve, the we facilities. Evolve, we're learning things every day. But like I said, um, when I think of it, like, I don't know. I thought I just, I just love rugby league back in the eighties, where it was hard. It was you know, there were some things that you know, yeah, that maybe were a little over the top, and they got away. With it, but 
That's how we love them. That's why we love rugby league. And, and you know what, Jeff? I, and in it, I, I got to say, it's refreshing. And I don't. I'm, I might be just going outside the, the scope of what we were here to talk about, no. but but I, I want to mention it here because I think we'll all respect what I'm about to say. There's a bloke now who runs a joint, Peter Volandis, who who I find has brought back a lot of the old stuff, the old style. Go back to the go back to the um, the suburban suburban yeah. Go back to what was great. And in the '90s, early '90s, as we all know, the Super League War came, yeah. and. There were two of the moguls, the moguls of, of the of the of the entrepreneurial world, which Rupert Murdoch and Kerry Packer, God rest his soul, and they fought and spent billions back yeah. then in the nineties, billions of dollars to buy this game of rugby league because this was the game that everyone wanted. They didn't want the AFL, they didn't want the soccer, they didn't want the. They, this is what they wanted. Packer went over after after cricket and made it made it, it revolutionised the the one dayers and it became a legend and became obviously that goes without saying. But he had no he had no competition. This yeah. time he had Rupert Murdoch News Corporation, who he wanted to compete against, and and Murdoch wanted it bad, you know. And I talked to the players that I played with at the time, and the money that they were offering them was just off the dial. Yeah. But what that says is two of the smartest or most wealthiest blokes in this country, they wanted the game of rugby league. And rugby league was never stronger than in the in the mid-90s mm. when Quayle and Arthurson were running the joint. Oh, so they that. created this thing called Super League yeah. and it ripped the heart out of the whole joint. Mm. How we survived that is beyond me. I don't know how the game with all the, all the lies, deceptions and all the greed that happened in that time, how the game mended itself and came back. But today, this year, Peter Volanis comes back and he brings everything great that we used to have back in the 90s. Yeah. He's bringing it back to life again, which yeah. I find very yeah. refreshing. Oh, he's a fantastic administrator. And, and he's a great administrator. Yeah. He, he, had, he had the courage. on. He, he said a date, I'll never forget it. On the 28th of May, he said we're going to play football yeah. again. When we're in the biggest pandemic of all time, this coronavirus. Everyone laughed. Everyone, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, to be Mate, and yeah. the AFL, if you remember, the AFL said we're looking around the 1st of September. Yeah, at this. And, <laughs> and every day that went Past Valani's made sure that we were yeah. going to get you back. Picked on. a special day because that was my birthday. Was that your birthday? <laughs> the twenty eighth. Is that? Oh God, bless it. <laughs> but but you'd, you'd be mad to doubt anything that Peter Valandi says, given what he's done in racing. Like it's remarkable. Well, he saved racing. It goes without doubt. He and, saved the racing. And, and, and to invent races like he has, to do the things that he has, um, and, and now he's talking about bringing back the scrum. Yeah. Uh, has he spoken with you? Or uh, no, no, he hasn't spoken to me. But um, what, what look, would you advise? He's got Wayne Pierce on on his board, yeah. which Junior, I think, would. He does, I know. I know him and Junior are very close, and they talk a lot. And um, look, do, do I think that, that there's room for that? I think there's room for bringing back some stuff that was great in the old, older days. I mean, he, he goes out to the people. He asks the the public oh, yeah. because he knows that it's the public. Of course, it's the punters That's that make the game. Of course, 100%. they're the people who subscribe. So he's asking them, and he's surveying them, and he's doing a lot of research on what the people want. And, and it is what the people want. And, and if you go back to the Tina Turner commercials, and I love saying because I just find that was one of the focal points of rugby league mm. that just just went. We went from strength to very, 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 very strong. Yeah. And 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 it included the woman, the family. You know, grabbing the kid, walking to the street, and going on the footy, and 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 the, and the boys on the beach, which brought the sexism out, which for the for the women to, to really appreciate. And and then the big hits, and it was it was it had everything. And then they had the the song that everyone could relate. To and yeah. what you get is what you want. They followed on with another campaign, and it was it was fantastic. And I just feel that the game is in real good hands at the moment, in real good hands. In certain times where the people 
of Australia look for something to have to, to release their 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 depression, their worries, their their fears, and this time where we are right now, this is probably one of the scariest moments. We turn on the TV every night, <clears throat> and on headline news, you've got this coronavirus mm. ripping the guts out of this country and right around the world. But this bloke had something in the 28th of May. We're going back to the rugby league. We're going back because people need a release and this is the release and he gave it to us. So, mate, 10 out of 10 to that bloke and I just think the game is in real good stead, in real good hands now moving forward with with his uh, leadership. Do you think he'll ever bring back the biff in rugby league? Do you know what? It's funny you ask that question. No, the answer is a quick no. But I I think, and and I I, I like Jeff's opinion on this because Jeff – the, the, the greatest events in the world at the moment are the heavyweight title champions of the world in the boxing and the, and the WFs and, and the, and the um, MMA. The, the MMA. Yeah. They're the biggest. And they're, they're, they're fights. That's fight. That's elbows, kicks, punching. And they're the most watched and sought after. And, you know, they're, they're brutal. When they promote rugby league and state of origin, they look at the ball, the biffs. Don't they? They go, oh, and they all the big hits well, and the origin, shoulder charges. was famous for the biffs, yeah. yeah. What I would do if I was playing, if I, I would say state of origin, you're allowed to bring, we're going to bring back the shoulder charge. The shoulder, because they were big. Oh, you just yeah, what happens there? But break. then you get used to it and you have this muscle memory. You, you do it in another game, you get sent off, you know. It's, it's just. It, yeah. I can't condone that biff. Yeah. I, I can't condone that because I, it's just not a good, that's just not a good, a, a good example for the kids. Yeah. And, and, you, and the kids are the. The kids who you invest in. Well, I, I don't believe the biffo, no, but the sh- something like the shoulder charge well, to differentiate, to bring back. Yeah, but I mean, but it's yeah. A, yeah, it should be allowed in, in all in all games. In not just state of origin. Like I said, you, some you just make a mistake in state of origin. One of the guys who played it, shoulder yeah. charge, and he gets set off. But I'm, what I'm saying is, look, the world's changed today with with yeah. concussions and, and what we've learned oh, about yeah. concussion, what we've learned about brain injury. I've donated my brain, Benny, to uh, when I <coughs> when I'm hopefully. Whenever it happens, but I mean, I just look at um, some of the sporting people today, some people who I love and that are yeah. my friends, and I think, wow, you know, um, they weren't looked after enough. And, and look, each one of us have that option that that's what we want to do. And with everything that I've done, every time I've stepped in the ring, I'm prepared to die. Say this, Jeff. I'm, I'm prepared to get knocked out. But what I, what I want to say is this that I would have loved to think that the NRL, the AFL, the soccer, that when these incidents happen and somebody aren't, are they not feeling well, that they're looked after properly. And to this day I still say that all organisations don't look after their, their previous and their past players good enough. Yeah, no, you're right. And and I think it's the mental health that you have after playing a sport like whether it be goal, uh, whether it be um Well, the sudden you're doing nothing, you miss it. It, it is yeah. the mental health that, that, that you invest. You know, they they rise them up and you become the hero on, on a pedestal whilst they're playing. Mm. But, mate, they forget them very quickly, don't they, yeah, Jeff? Yeah. Mean, and and And... And the uh, impact that these poor professional human beings who have all they know better is get it up in the morning, do sprint training, weight training, ball work and video sessions with the players. And then all of a sudden it stops. Mm. It stops bang. And, and what because do they do? there's about four or five blokes who can continue on in the media if they're lucky in, in all of the people that retire. Then they have to go to a skill or to the world that they have to now make a living. 
But let me ask you a question. How many times do you think you got concussed and still played? Oh. I mean, I remember I remember playing against Balmain. Mm. I was knocked out in the first couple of minutes while still playing against Penrith. I remember being – not even remembering the game. But, I mean, listen, concussion is so important today. Mm. People don't realise. And I, I want to take my hat off um, – to the roosters with with Luke Kiry and stuff. I I was blessed yeah. that my young Brock Jarvis, who I train, um, let me read on some because I again think you know everything just looking after people and think we're tough. But <laughs> Brock let me uh, read a little bit on um, concussions and you know four to six weeks is is needed immediately. Yeah, yeah f- for you to recover. And I mean, I mean, it might sound a long time, but yeah, listen. Do we want to look think about Benny winning the grand final for us, or do we want to think about Benny being an amazing dad and looking after his family after? And we always think of Benny winning the grand final. We don't think of Benny and his family after it. We've no. got to change our little very good point Jeff. thing around, yeah. and that's mm. that's that's what I'm that's what I'm mm. all for these yeah. days. I'm yeah. I'll stop the fight much earlier than, than too yeah. late. I'll never let my fighters get hurt anymore. Yeah, well, it's changed so much. I mean, it used to be a badge of honour that you get. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, show, don't be weak. Don't be weak, Ronnie. So and so, get back up there and get back into well, it. Well, they didn't have yeah. to say that to you, Benny. They didn't have to say that to you. No. You just got up anyway. Yeah, that's, you did. That was your mental capacity. Yeah. That was, that's what we done. Concussions and also being covered in blood at times, Benny, and the enduring image probably of mm. your rugby league career is you with your mum at the City mm-hmm. Football Stadium after one of your great State of Origin matches um, when yeah. she came out and got through security to, uh. to mop yeah. the blood. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have that up in your house? You, you must do. That, yeah. That's just an incredible moment in sport. Look, you know, it's funny. To share that three minutes with your mother, Yeah, mm. I mean, I'd have, I'd have traded everything for it. Yeah. You know, Mum jumped the fence. She got through all the security guys, and there's 15 seconds to go. And there's my mother wiping, wiping the blood off my <laughs> head. Those she couldn't give a shit about mums are used to that. <laughs> she couldn't give her two hoots about anything else, or she was worried about her son. Yeah. And that, that is what you talk the relationship yeah, of how everyone loves their mum. I mean, my God, and to share that moment with my mother. And yes, I have got it up. I have about two or three things up in my house, and 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 and, and of those three things. There's one photo of me and my mother with that with that moment, oh, and yeah. and that is without doubt my to share that moment with mum was was and, and it, it wasn't meant to be a moment. It was just one of those mother nature where yeah, mother freakish. sees a son yeah. bleeding yeah. to death from ear to ear, yeah. and she just couldn't give a shit about the game. What runs on and says, "Are you okay? Are you okay, mate? Get off!" You know, she's wiping the blood off my head, and and, and that was one of the great moments, yeah. you know. And and mum now has got full dementia. Mum doesn't even know when I walk in the room now. She won't even see and recognise me, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. But you know, to, to know that, and they did. I just want to share this one. Yeah, this I've one heard story. You talk about this, and it's fantastic. Because they they did the great ten greatest moments in state of origin history, and they were, they flew us up to Lang Park, and mum mum was she all gone with her. And we up there with my sister Ella, which Jeff knows. My sister and myself took mum up to the, to the state of origin for Ella to look after mum. And then when, the, when, when they put it on the big screen and they showed the ten moments and mum looked up there, she looked at me and she goes, oh, my God, I remember that so clearly, you know, I was so worried about you at the time. And, and I thought, my God, and, and she hasn't remembered anything. Yeah. And for that one split, for that 15 seconds, you think, oh, Crazy. man, how special. Is that mm, so? Yeah. You know, to, to be able to talk about that, Ben, and and and, and define that, that it was one of those great moments where it was very special. You know, special mm. again with sharing the love of, of what we spoke about early in the part with your family. Yeah, it's a, it's a big part. And, and we talk about family. I mean, you won't get closer than what you see with Jeff and his family, and you can see his his kids growing up and. Everything, first, second and third priority is about your family. And, and the same was with us when I, when I was growing up and I'm sure with everybody out there listening right now. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, um, yeah. There's so much more to talk about in terms of your origin career, but your your Australian uh, kangaroos career. Um, you had some remarkable performances. There was a series um, over in the UK, which was, was probably the highlight of it um, for you. Yeah, 1990, we got beat uh, at Wembley first yeah. game, and I wasn't the Test hooker. Um, Kerry Wallace was the hooker at the time, and and um, and, and Bozo made some big changes. Mm. And this was we're, we're looking down the barrel of losing the Test. The, the Ashes for the first time in God knows how long. Mm. And and a lot of pressure. And they had a very strong English side. Uh, the second game was at Old Trafford. And we had the we had the the luxury and 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 the joy of Alex Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson taking us around the Great Oval and showed us the, you know, all behind the scenes. And it, it made my, I'm starting to shiver here because I, I I remember that so clearly. And then we went out at Old Trafford, second game. We had to win this game. Bozo actually made some big changes. He, you know, he sacked Alfie. He sacked Kevy Walters. He brought in, he brought in Sticky. Yeah. He brought in uh, Napper. Uh, and and he brought in um, myself at Hooker for, for Walters. And that, they were big changes. Big changes yeah. made, you know, for big decisions. And Bozo was under enormous pressure and yeah. we're just making sure. And we were, I remember Ricky Stewart scored that, uh, passed that in yes. and set pass. Yeah. And there's only like four and a half minutes to go and we're looking down the barrel of losing the ashes. And, mate, probably one of the greatest tries I've ever Incredible, been in. Yeah. Yeah, My God, yeah. that, that try in the right-hand corner at Old Trafford. Yeah was something that I will never, ever forget, you know. And that is one of the greatest tries and one of the yeah. greatest moments playing for your country, you know. You, you hear the blokes, like the, the likes of a Kerry Packer, he would do anything to represent his country. Oh, yeah. Even if he could represent his country in marbles, it would be the greatest honour to represent your country. So to represent your country, capacity crowd, yeah. second test, Old Trafford, my God, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. And then game three at Ellen Road. Ellen Road was game three, yeah, and we and again we that was not all our one way. That was hard. That was hard stuff. And I remember actually Michael Hutchins from In Excess came into the dressing room after that game. Yeah, Michael Hutchins and uh, Andrew Farris they came in. They were playing at Wembley the following week, and yeah. uh, and they came in the dressing room and. You know, Michael asked, you know, how do I get your jersey? And oh my God. <laughs> Here you go. Mate, <laughs> I it off. Mate, it's yours. How do I get like, your undies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, wow. and mate, it was, uh, it was one of those special moments, you know, that, yeah. that you can share. Greatest player you played with? Greatest player, oh, probably Blocker. I, I say that, I say that with, um, well, he's your best mate. You have to. He was probably my best yeah, mate. Yeah, no, <laughs> probably, uh, you throw in, you throw in Peter Sterling. You throw in uh, Wally Lewis, uh, Ellery Hanley, Brett Tough, Kenny. Mate, all those guys you played against. Hey, toughest you played the against. The toughest was probably Ray Price. Are you hardest to tackle. Hardest, uh, Gordon Tallis. Oh, yeah. My God, Gordon Tallis. He his elbows and knees all over the joint. <laughs> yeah. So I love Parramatta. Young why, was, why, why was Ray Price so good? Oh, he was such a professional. Just a, you talk about professionalism. He was ahead of himself. This bloke was he was in a in an era three or four eras beforehand, and everything he had to be perfect. He was Mister Perpetual Motion. He he's 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 um his his toughness and his perfection were second to none. And he was the backbone of that. He made that back that Parramatta mob look pretty because he was. He was tough in every way, on and off the floor. He was tough, but but uh, there was no tough. I, mean, I remember we played against him, and they were beating us by about thirty points. Yep. And um, and and I think Taylor dropped the ball, and him and 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 Price just went off at him, saying, oh, I, think, "I said, mate, you led him by 30. He goes, "Yeah, we should be willing by 40. And I'm like, "Oh, jeez, <laughs> give us a break, mate! Like, for goodness' sake, that, yeah. that's toughness.
Um, you've had uh, you had some very um, well d- different types of coaches through your career. Uh, mm. Warren Ryan, Alan Jones, and, and the like. Uh, yep. how, how do you look back on on those guys? Well, that is a, look. I was you know I had Frank Stamp was my very yeah. first coach. Who was you know Frank Legend yeah. back played, coached Australia back then, and Terry Fernley, Jack Gibson, mm-hmm. you know Bob Fulton, uh, Gus Gould, Warren Ryan. Um, Ron Willey. I mean, there were, there were plenty of them. Yeah. Bill Anderson. Um, look, all different, all very, very different and all in their own manner. I mean, I, I've never seen a bigger clone than Phil Gould off, off Warren Ryan and, and he was his understudy at the Bulldogs back then when the Bulldogs. Yeah, 100%. And, 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 and he, he cloned Warren Ryan. You so down first? They were very, the they were, yeah. yeah. But, 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 but Gus had that one step further. He was able to, he was able to communicate better with the player than I thought Warren Ryan did. He had a little bit of, you know, Gus would always make up a little story that would get you fired up a little bit more. Right. But, but their, their, their coaching habits, their, their tactics, their ethics, their, the behaviours, all, 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 all Warren Ryan. So you look at Warren Ryan as basically the Don, of, mm. you know. I mean, and, and Jack Gibson at State of Origin level was, was extraordinary. And then you got Bozo the Great. At the Australian level, Donny Fern, a God rest his soul, you know, back in '86 was it? But yeah, a lot, a lot of different characters. The one factor, they're all, all different, and, yeah. and and they and and they prepare you for the games, and and they they've got they've got 13 different personalities that they've got to abide by, and the the trick of that is to get the 13 personalities into one energy. Mm. To get out in the paddock, and see, a bloke like Brett Kenny would almost sleep before a kickoff of a State of Origin, and there's a bloke like Blocker Roach who's almost ripping the doors off the, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, ripping the doors down, headbutting the, the brick wall. Yeah. So you have those different personalities, and, and and it's hard to motivate thirteen people equally. Yeah, everyone's got different triggers. They've all got their different personalities yeah. and yeah. different behaviours, and and a good coach I see is it's just like a good manager in work is to be able to recognise the strengths and weaknesses of those. And then get all that energy into the one, and get out in the football paddock and play as one. And that's what I find the Melbourne Storm being so consistently great over the last decade under under Bellamy. He has just been able to get that side. Doesn't matter they they lose the great players. I mean they they've had, they've had the Slaters and and Inglis or they've had some terrific players. Falau all move on, but he replaces them, mm. and they seem to have the same ethic, the same value, and the same energy when they get on that football paddock. And uh, that is the remarkable thing that I think of a coach who's a very good coach. That's the difference. That's the differentiator is how they can gel all the players to go out there and give it the best. And that's where Phil Gould was very good at state of origin. Yeah. He'd bring them all together and he'd know to kick someone up the arse and he'd know to put his arm around someone. And, and, that was the, that, and, and that's the power yeah. of being the great coach. Yeah. We're talking um, before about some players being lost after they finish playing rugby league. Mm, but you've plenty been, of them. You've been really successful after you finished rugby yeah. league in business and being an entrepreneur and whatnot. Um, what do you put that down to? Did you always have that entrepreneurial inclination in your playing rugby no, league? No, I, I put it down thing? to something very simple. And, and, and it's in any sport. I, I, the greatest thing I've ever did, I've ever done, is, is relate and do exactly the same thing I did to play in rugby league into the business world. And all the, all the, all the, all the uh, ethical tactics... All, all the methodology, all the um, attributes that you have on the football paddock, you put into the business world. And I say this, you know, as, as, a, as a business, uh, you know, you get up in the morning, you, you roll your sleeves up, you have a shave, you go to work. And, you know, um, 
you rely on your left and right hand person to make you better. You work hard. You discipline in different ways. Yeah, you know, you, you, you set yourself goals. I mean, you do all that as a sportsman. Yeah. And if you can implement those same ethics in, into the into the business world, and that's exactly what I did. Well, if, if you see what he's saying earlier when he said about what his parents and how they worked and stuff and how he wanted to prove everybody wrong as an elite player. Mm. Well, not many people go on after league to, to be successful. Yeah. And I think that I've, yeah. I've known Benny for a long, long time and it's always been his inner strength and his self-belief that yeah, he's going to be able to do anything that he puts his hands on, he's going to work hard to achieve. And I think that's, that's But Jeff, I've also find it very hard being at the top like like these athletes, these footballers or boxing people, whoever, anyone that's played professional sport, they've reached their goal, they retire. Mm. And it's the rotten, it's the, the ugliest word in the, in the dictionary is retire. Because when you retire, you think that you're an old man walking along the beach up yeah, and putting up, your feet up. up. Yeah. But you don't. It's a new career. I, I say it's the end of a chapter of a book. You pick up a new book and mm. start reading again. And, you know, who God, God only knows if that book's going to be better than the one that you thought that you just finished. And that book that I had playing rugby league was a great book. Yeah. But, mate, I've, I've had some classics after. after and, yeah, and the next and few books have been great as well. So as yeah. I'm saying, it's, it's, the, it's the individual themselves. I mean, if you if you want to work it's hard, you want to, yeah, yeah. If you want to, well, you've got, like I said, I believe this, everybody has that mindset. I think everybody has a an amazing gift. It's just about working hard and going and finding that gift. I mean, Whoever knew I was going to box and want to box, yeah. what I'm saying. But if after sport you've been successful in sport, you want to work hard and you listen, I think people choice is really important. I've always said, you know, if you're with the right people, you, you'll make good decisions, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. They, I, I was asked to do a motivational speak to, to a group of the corporate people of, of AMP, mm -hmm. the top, the echelons yep. of AMP. These people are on two million plus the salary. Tank. Yeah. yeah, and they're, they're, their minimum bonus is two or three million. These are, and I'm, they've asked me this. There were there were twelve of them, and they've asked me to come and do a motive. How how do I motivate these people who are making stupid amounts See, of but money? But it's easy, Benny, because yeah. because when they look at what you've done, that's motivational. So you that's sitting there's motivational. So what I did, I, story, and I asked Alan Jones. I said, Jones, I've got this dilemma, mate. I've got I've, I've, I've They've asked me to do this motivational speech. He goes, well, son, do what you've done to the best of your ability and that's play for Australia. And I thought, yeah, you're right. You know, like, and, and then all the attributes that made you get to that place of playing for Australia, you tell them. Yeah, hey, you got that. That's Because right. yeah. that is what got you to the highest pinnacle. So I walked into the room and I said the first thing, you know, you could see these people weren't very interested. I'm thinking, oh, they don't know. Like, I'm, it's down <laughs> Melbourne. Like, these, like oh, right. I'm thinking, my God, what are we doing? So I said, mate, I'll tell you what I have done here. I've played – I've done something that none of you have done here and that's play for my country. Yeah. And all of a sudden they all started looked at me and they looked at me and I thought, yeah, and I'll tell you how I played for my country and the same attributes and the same principles and the same ethics that play for Australia has made you where you are today. So I'm trying to get you to the next level and God only knows what that is. And uh, if you're comfortable in your zone, you shouldn't be in this room. You've got to go to somewhere extraordinary. Outside that circle and become even better, yeah. and all of a sudden I had him by the I had him by the yeah, throat, right. you know, and and and, 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 and as we were saying, you start to introduce. I mean, you, you roll the you roll the sleeves up, you do the hard work, you do the disciplinary things, you do the sacrifices, you do you know you do your homework on the opposition, you do all that type of stuff, and the same thing happens in business, and and that is how you elementary. Do what you think your opposition so, aren't doing. You do more than them, and you. That's right. Successful. That's exactly what you do, isn't it, Jeff? Like in business, what's your other? What are you? What What are your competition doing? So if they're doing that, you've got to do it better. 
Yeah. So and it's like we we watch the video and watch the you know watch them fight in their style. So if their styles you know they're very quick with the left hook or not, you got to be better. You got to be ready for it and, and do one better. And that's and that's what you train for. Yeah. Yep. Definitely so. I know you're going to get someone, but yeah. thank you so much for being with us today. It's a huge honour for me. Oh, and, um, no. Hey, Jeff, I, so I, just, just for your listeners because they can't see what's happening here, I am surrounded here by the greatest memorabilia. Yeah. This should be a, this is just something extremely special where, Jeff, I think every every one of these great sports so people in different – anybody to come and break in here. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think anyone will be going to break into your joint, Jeff. <laughs> but, mate, you, 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 obviously your journey has been a remarkable. I've been one of – Mate, I've, I've admired Jeff Fennick. Before I ever knew Jeff Fennick, I, he was he was one of my heroes. Yeah, I'm blessed to have you. I no, no, mate, honestly, I just, so I'm just much. in awe of Thanks, all man. this uh, memorabilia Thank here. So. <laughs> I yet to see any of my photos off here. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all waiting for a start. Thanks, Thanks guys. Benny. Thanks, Benny. Well, thank you. Don't forget to subscribe, Standing 8, YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. <laughs>